The anonymous landlord is more than just making profit from property. It's a system of automation and a strategy which will shape the way you invest in property forever. It's a quality of life, it's a way of life. It's a business mindset. The anonymous landlord will make loads of money from property and continue to grow wealth and assets without giving up time or energy or life. Because what's the point in making a load of money from property if you've got no time or energy to enjoy it? My name's Tom Sone, and this is The Anonymous Landlord. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Anonymous Landlord. And today, I've got a really, really exciting topic to discuss with you. I'm going to talk through the right way and also the wrong way to calculate your yield on your property investment. And it's vital to get this bit right, especially if you're a landlord or an investor landlord, because this is going to show you whether you've got a good property investment right now or whether it could be a good property investment in the future. It will show you when you've got a bad property investment and it might prompt you to sell your property and reinvest in another property to make more profit, more appreciation, more value and so on. And you know what? I see so many property investors working out the wrong yield and it's not their fault either. I see a lot of estate agents calculating this incorrectly. And I think a lot of it is because uh, maybe some junior estate agents or estate agents that don't fully understand property investment, they're just calculating it the old fashioned. I don't even want to say old fashioned because it's just incorrect, but they work it out incorrectly and then part that calculation onto uh, property investors who then continue to calculate it wrong. So it's not really investors' fault. It's not really agents' fault. It's just the way that it's um, misconceived to be done. And I've learned this over time, the right way to work out yield from the top investors in the country, not just in property either, just investors overall. So I'm working out The proper yield on a property investment is the difference between a good investment and a bad one. So I'm going to show you how to calculate it properly. And it lets you see uh, how much money you're actually making. What is the value of your actual property? So definitely write this lot down. Or if you're not able to write it down, come back and watch this. Uh, a bit later. If you click actually the uh, notify me button, I think it's just at the bottom there, it'll notify you whenever I go live. So you'll have um, a heads up uh, when I'm going to share a load of info. Anyway, by the way, before I get into it, yield is the overall amount of money that your investment provides you with. What it, what does it yield to you? Yield is like a, a giving word, right? So, um, and that's going to be made up of your net profits, your appreciation, depreciation, losses, the assets, value, and so on, things like that. So that's what your yield is. Some people separate return on investment or ROI from yield. But in property, they're pretty much the same thing. Um, it is. It does come down to a bit of personal preference as well. Um, but generally, return on investment could be described as your profit and loss. So if you're an accountant, you'll know what I'm talking about. Your profit and loss is going to be your ROI. Your yield is going to be your your balance sheet, your asset value, your income, net profits, and all of those wonderful things. So the current ways of working out yield. I'm going to stick with yield. I'm not going to describe it as ROI. Now, first of all, the incorrect way 
or the traditional way that people think is correct is what I would call gross yield, uh, but only because that's how agents are describing it. So the gross yield is typically your annual rent, so your monthly rent times 12, divided by the purchase price or the purchase cost, depending on what you're buying. That's completely wrong. Don't work it out like that again. It's totally wrong, especially if you're buying with a mortgage. It's so far wrong that uh, you know, you'll just be amazed. And I see so many people, I'd probably say 70% of people that I talk to work it out like that or some form of that. So I would call that totally incorrect. Then there is another way of working it out called, uh, some people call it cash employed uh, or return on cash employed. Now that's not far off, but it doesn't give you the full picture of your investment. And this does sometimes work for other types of investment, but it's not fully accurate in property. And I'll tell you why in a second, actually. But then there's the true yield. Now I've labeled it true yield. I call it true yield. Just trying to put a label on it so that I can... Um, uh, this is what I want to educate people on is, is working things out the, in the true, the correct way. So I'll, I'll show you the actual calculation for that as well. But it is important to understand your true yield. It helps you avoid bad investments, bad properties. It's a really quick way, by the way, to, uh, to identify a good property investment. So if you're out viewing properties, you know what it's like. You want to quickly work out is this a good investment or not, right? Based on the numbers, everybody wants to base it on the numbers. And this is how you do it. It's really quick. Uh, but it also, the true yield also tells you the ongoing yield. And it shows you when is a good time to exit the property investment, i.e. sell it or whatever. Um, it shows you how your investment is performing. And for any landlords who, I would urge you to become investor landlords. And that just means if you're a landlord with a property, start optimizing profits, minimizing expenditure, maximizing appreciation, reinvesting, refinancing, and so on and so on and so on. So eventually you can become an investor landlord and you understand how it works, your property is a business, and then you, you can become an anonymous landlord. And that's the goal, right? So everybody needs to understand yield. Um, it can seem quite complex if you're not uh, if you're not familiar with it, but once you get into the habit of working out your yield, it is a lot better. But the first thing we've got to do if we're going to calculate our yield is understand what is our actual investment. And this is where I see the start of the majority of problems with calculating a yield. It's a common mistake to just work out how much cash you've put in. That's wrong. It's not just the cash you've put in because it's also your actual total investment once the per the property has been purchased is the total cash that you're leaving in, not just the cash that you're putting in. So try to remember it like that. Um, and I'm not going to go through a load of examples here because it gets quite difficult to work out the mathematics live and also probably listening to it. Sometimes if I'm just blurting out loads of numbers, it might get a little bit um, a little bit com complicated. I don't know. But try to remember it like that. It's not just the cash that you're putting into the property, i.e. the deposit, the cost of the refurbishment, the legal fees and so on. That's cash that you've got to put into the property. It's actually the total cash that you're leaving in the property. And that is the cash that you're putting in plus the equity that you're leaving in the property. And this is where it goes wrong for a lot of people because the cash plus equity rule 
is your total investment. So remember that. And you're probably thinking, well, no, hang on, the equity is not my investment. Well, it is, because think about it. If you buy a property and you, I don't know, you refurbish it and it's now worth a little bit more, you could sell that property and you could sell it straight away and get that equity out. If you're going to increase the value of the property by £25,000, for an example, and you're leaving £25,000 of your own cash in that property, your total investment is the equity, which is the difference between the mortgage amount that you owe on it and the value of the property. You're leaving that in the property because you could sell it at any point, And also the cash that the property owes you. Now, this is where it gets a bit funny because as you're paying yourself back that cash through net profit, your yield is going to change, right? But try to remember, first of all, your actual investment is the amount of money that you're leaving in the property. So then there's back. Then we go back to the types of yield that you, uh, that you can calculate. So I said earlier on about the gross yield. Now, just by working out the old school way of doing it, the incorrect way of doing it, of your total annual rent divided by the purchase price or the purchase cost, that doesn't take into account things like your expenditure, your mortgage payments, your tax, your management costs, your maintenance costs, contingencies, what happens when things go wrong. It doesn't take that into account. It also doesn't take into account the fact that if you're going to go and buy a place for £100,000 and you're going to use a mortgage to buy that property, you're not getting a yield. You're not putting in any money. The mortgage company's putting in 75% of that purchase. So you don't need to work out your yield on that because you're not putting that in, right? So the whole purchase price is not your cash. It's somebody else's. And the mortgage company will be working out their yield too. So remember that if you're buying a property, don't work it out on the whole purchase price or the whole purchase cost. That's just wrong. And that's what the old incorrect way of working it out does. It works it out based on the whole price, the whole property cost. So you don't need to do that. You also don't get the whole year. You know, you work out the annual rent versus the purchase cost. Well, number one, as I said, you don't invest that whole purchase cost. And number two, you don't get the year's worth of rent on day one. You get that over 12 months. So you're not getting, if you calculate that my yield is 6% on that, for an example, well, that's incorrect because you're not getting that money today. You get it over 12 months. So you can work it out however you want, but I would probably try and avoid working it out based on the annual rent divided by the purchase cost. So the next one is, I said earlier on, is the cash employed. And I did say that this is almost right. And this actually works for some other types of investors, but it doesn't include your full investment because cash employed isn't your total investment, as I said earlier on. Because again, if you've put 25 grand of cash into that property, but you're also leaving 25 grand of equity, well, actually you could sell that property, have all your cash back, and have another 25 grand, right? So what you're doing is not selling that property. So therefore you're leaving the equity, your cash, that's your money. You're leaving it in that property. That becomes your investment. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know what? It's also a bit like if you worked out how much a loan costs you, but don't include the interest. You know, a loan, if you, if you loan out some money and then don't include the interest, then you're missing a big chunk of what that, that loan is gonna cost you, right? And if you look, if you don't add any value to a property, meaning if you buy a property for what it's worth, which 
investors don't often do. But if you buy a property for what it's actually worth, then you can kind of get away with the cash employed way of working it out. But it still doesn't really work over time because the value of the property should go up. But if you do add value, you're missing a massive chunk of your investment and then you'll calculate incorrectly. And then back to your true yield. So your true yield is the proper calculation which works out your actual investment and your actual net profit. And those are the only two figures that, you, that can contribute towards your yield, your actual investment and your actual net profit. Now, look, there are little contributors towards those two items, right? Um, and if we work it out, if I said to you earlier on that you can just go into a property and you can work this out really quickly. Um, so if you do walk into that property and you need to know, right, what do I need to work out to know if this is a good deal or not? So all you need to do is work out your total investment. That's the total cash that you're leaving in the property, not just putting in, leaving in the property. That's your investment. And then work out what your annual net profit is going to be against that total investment. And then later on, we'll add appreciation because you'll notice I haven't added appreciation here. So I'll come to that in a second. But you can do this before you even get to the property. You know what the rent value is going to be. You know what the property purchase cost should be there or thereabouts. And you'll then be able to work out what you can afford to go up to because you need to achieve a certain yield. Right. So go into the property, work out, roughly speaking, what the mortgage payment will be. And there's a quick way to work that out, by the way. It's the total loan times by the rough interest rate that you're going to pay divided by 12. That'll give you your monthly mortgage payment. So at the moment, for an example, if I'm going to borrow a mortgage and the interest rate's 3.5%, I do the total loan, £100,000, let's say, times by 3.5%. That might give me, what, five and a half grand, whatever it is, um, divided by 12. That's my monthly mortgage payment. So... Now I roughly speaking, I know what my net profit will be, which is my rent, take away my expenses. That gives me my net profit. Now I always allow a couple of other things personally, and I'll go through this in much more detail in a, in a different video. I've already done this, but things like management, it's normally going to be about 10%, probably plus that too. Contingency, which is things like maintenance, repairs, um, compliance, everything you need to pay out for. Um, gas safety certificates, EPCs, EICRs, all of those wonderful things. I normally allow about 8% per month of the rent to go into a contingency pot to cover things that might go wrong or need repairing. So try to remember that as well. So 20% for management and maintenance, and then obviously your mortgage payment, and then the rest is your net profit barring any other expenditure. And then you've got tax. Ugh, no one wants to pay it. But there are different things, different ways of calculating tax. I'm not going to go into tax right now because you might own the property as a company, which is a bit more tax beneficial. You might own it personally, which is less beneficial, but has other benefits anyway, blah, 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 blah. So I said earlier on, that's a quick way to calculate it, by the way. And that will tell you before you get into the property, whether it's a good investment or not. If, you, if you're a landlord and you've got a property right now, calculating it like this right now, you can, you can do it right now. Work out your total value of your property and then the investment that you have in cash that you're leaving in the property. Remember that one. And then the net profit that's contributing towards that return. Then that will show you whether you've got a good property right now or whether you might need to sell it and reinvest in a better property that's going to generate a better yield. It also shows you 
when you need to refinance, when you need to sell, when you need to increase the rent, and when you're making a good yield and when you're making a bad yield, because remember I said earlier on, it's an ever evolving figure. As your equity grows, your investment grows, and then you'll reach a point where you need to refinance to get your equity lower, because that's your investment, if you remember. So try to think of it like that. If you're a landlord right now, work out your true yield, and let me know. Let me know what sort of yield you're getting. It'll be interesting to find out what existing landlords have as their as their yield. Now, I personally, I separate this into rent yield and true yield, right? So my rent yield is just rent, no appreciation, no nothing, just the rent yield that I'm getting, um, which is net profits, basically. But I did, I did mention that I've missed out a big part here, which is appreciation. And the question is, how do you really work out what the appreciation, which is, by the way, the growth in the value of your property, the value of your asset, what's the appreciation going to be? We don't really know. You can't really work it out, but you can forecast it based on historic information. Um, for me, for an example, in my area, which is Portsmouth and along this southeast coastal area, I'll normally work out uh, or forecast the appreciation to be about 2 or 3% per year. In other parts, I might calculate less, um, but but investing in areas, look, you're, you're, hopefully you're not going to invest in areas that aren't going to generate some growth in the value of your asset, hopefully. Um, or you might have different ideas. You might be totally focused on cash flow. That's fine. But working out the appreciation could be done based on historic data, because remember, you're not going to buy this property, rent it out and then sell it the next day. Hopefully, you're going to keep this for 10 or 20 years. So you can look back and see what the growth in value of property has done. And you can kind of regionalize that too. The data is out there. And that'll give you an idea for the future. Um, but generally speaking, I work out the rent yield and also the true yield as a forecast, if I'm looking at a property. And I'm quite conservative with that. I think, uh, look, the fact is, is that in my area, property can go up 5% a year. But I don't work it out like that because that's not going to be every year. You might have over 10 years, it might be an average of 2 or 3%. Don't know. But you could, you could calculate it in line with inflation. Have a look at what inflation has been each year over the last 10 years, for example. That might give you an idea of what property prices could do. There's loads of different ways. But Appreciation is your own forecast, but the rent yield is based on fact. So try to work that out. Um, but remember, going back to what I said earlier on, try to remember that calculating true yield is the difference between getting a good property investment and a bad property investment. If you go in and calculate um, the wrong yield, as I said earlier on, what, what I've just called it gross yield for the time being, that's even, that's even an incorrect term. It's so bad. But if you work it out that way, where you take the annual rent divided by the total purchase cost, then you're not calculating the actual money you're leaving in and what and, and therefore you're not calculating what wealth of yours is being left in a pot and a pot is a property by the way so i would urge you all to calculate the true yield every time and if you need a bit of help with it i know it's a bit of a different way of thinking about it but it's the way that the top property investors in the country calculate their yield and if anybody tells you otherwise then i'd i'd argue it because like I say, the bit that always catches people is that if you buy a property and you think, right, I've used 25,000 of my own cash in this property, so therefore that's my investment. 
If that's the way you think, then you're not thinking about cash. You're not thinking about what could I have in my pocket right now? How much do I own? What's my asset value? Because your asset value, by the way, to you, the asset value to you is not the total property value. It's the amount of the asset you own. Because the if you've got a property for 100,000, and I'm just winging it here, but if you've got a property for 100,000 pounds and you've got the mortgage lender have 75,000 pounds of it and you've got 25,000 pounds of it, your asset value to you is 25,000. Right. A lot of people think that the asset is worth this much until you pay off until you pay off that mortgage to you. It's only worth 25 grand. So therefore, that's your investment. Whatever you're leaving in it, whatever you're not getting out by not selling it, that's your investment. So I hope that helps. Hey, look, I'd love to answer questions on yield because I do appreciate this is a different way of the majority of people thinking it, especially agents. Uh, I see a lot of agents get this wrong. You look through listings, you look for a listing, you'll do it now. You'll look for a property listing and you'll see this property has a gross yield of uh, 6.2% or something like that. And you can immediately see that they've just worked out what's the annual rent divided by the purchase price job done. Wow. Well, that first of all, that doesn't take into account how much money you're using. It doesn't take into account how much money you're leaving in there. It doesn't take into account how much mortgage money is being used. It's it's just a totally incorrect calculation. So please, please don't use it. Um, look, as always, I'm actually, by the way, I'm next month in February, I'm doing a webinar. It'll be free, of course it will. Um, I'm doing a webinar on the um, on the financial element of uh, property investing. So I think I'll include a bit about yield and a bit more information about yield. And I think I'll share my calculator with everyone. I've got this monumental property investment calculator. Um, so I'll share that with everybody too. But don't forget, by the way, if you're a landlord, um, give us a like, by the way, if you're a landlord and you're still with me here, because uh, next week on Wednesday, uh, the 20th, I'm doing a everything you need for every tenancy, every time webinar. So if you are a landlord, then tune into that because that's going to be a full webinar, which will, at the end of it, I'm going to give you a guide with all of the documents you need for every tenancy every time, all of the templates, my own notes for every single thing that you need for every single tenancy. So if you're a DIY landlord, self-managing landlord, then by all means, tune into that. Um, do you know what? Just send me a message through Facebook. I'll send you the link or comment below and I'll send you the link. Um, but I hope everyone enjoyed that. I hope everyone <laughs> had a good time working out yield. It's not the best topic in the world. It's not the, the sexiest topic in the world, but it is vital. We've got to get it right. And I hope that helps. I'm going to put this on the podcast too um, as well, because I think it's valuable for people that listen to podcasts. That's the anonymous landlord, in case you didn't know by now. But until then, I'll leave you with that and I'll speak to you all later. My name's Tom So. Thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. But before you go to the next episode, I really want to hear from you. Just search Tom Sone on any social media or just email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. And if you need any help with your own situation, just get in touch. I'll answer every email and every message I promise. Anyway, see you in the next podcast and remember, being a landlord is hard. Being an anonymous landlord is easy. Invest, enjoy, repeat and grow.